The Space Case Sarah Show with space nerds Kobe and Benjamin. Who is Space Case Sarah? Spunky, edgy, smart, funny, and a rebel feminist. Now, witness it yourself on iRock Space Radio. Hello, space cadets, space bur- space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, or space who birds. just got their space merch from the station. So I guess that's the plug going out right away. If you have not signed up for our crew club yet to get these sweet t-shirts, you need to get over to the website and do that. It's irockspaceradio.com. And right there on the bottom, boop, join our crew club. We want you to rep the station wherever you go in this mm-hmm. super sweet. And they're really soft. They're like nice yeah. t-shirts. I, I don't know, know how many times I've washed this thing. It fits so nice. I know, they do. I actually have one from like way, way, way original first line of merchandise. And it had a big iRock Space Radio on the back too. But it's um, too big. So I don't wear that one very often. Anyway. Oh. We are on. Oh, yeah, you have it too. Huh. Maybe it's that size. Uh, yeah. It's all about who you know. Well, so there you go. You don't know what you're going to get. You could get one with the extra logo on the back or not. Life is this like is a box episode radio nine. What did you say? You see, you never know what you're going to get. So I said, life is like a box of radio swag. <laughs> you know, there are those chocolates that are in the shape of planets. Have you seen them? I have seen them and I want them so bad. They look oh. good. Do you know the fancy they, ones? They're yeah, really they're fancy. Beautiful yeah. And it's almost a shame to eat them. Yeah. Exactly. They, they were giving them out as like um, goodie bag things at the IAC conference in Paris this week. I saw some people Ooh, posting. Nice. Things, so. I would love to go there. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, right Start us off. Yeah, we're on episode nine. What element is that again? I even said it to you guys yesterday, and I can't remember now. Fluorine, 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 fluorine. Yes, now it's all washing back. Actually, that was this morning, wasn't it? That we talked about this. We. Are inspired by, so the episode is Florine, and I'm going to tell everybody what this episode is going to be about, and it's based on, basically, I did some freelance work for a company that was debunking conspiracies and myths about fluoride, which is from Florine, and we were like, oh, let's do a conspiracy episode, so that's what this Mm -hmm. one is going to be. Loosely tied into fluorine. So, fun fact science with Kavi. Do you have any fluorine facts for us? <laughs> I mean, the simplest... Consideration. <laughs> the simplest fact uh, uh, to go with would be the difference between fluorine and fluoride. And it's just one electron. Fluoride mm-hmm. just has one extra electron, which makes it negatively charged instead of neutrally charged. Uh, but otherwise, they're practically the same thing. And... Weirdly, uh, not a single mammal uh, or organism on Earth has any reason to consume fluorine or fluoride, but we've found um, that it is extremely useful for producing uh, enamel growth in our teeth, and it is Mm -hmm. super useful for that purpose. Mm -hmm. And that is actually my freelance work, how I I started learning a little bit about um, fluoride and the discovery of it was this guy who went to a, I don't remember what country, but there's an unusually large amount of fluoride in their drinking water to the point where they're getting like too much enamel on their teeth. 
um mm. and their teeth built up like way too much but he was like huh there's something about this that if maybe if we give it in like little little quantities perhaps it will help us um mm. and the reason that that organization exists is because uh comically my boyfriend his favorite most favorite movie ever is um Dr. Strangelove. And I don't know if you remember, there's a part in Dr. Strangelove where he's like, it's like the fluoride is like, you know, ruin, ruining potency or something like that. It's the, the, the governor or the general that's like always chewing gum. And he's like, mm. kind of like conspiracy theory <laughs> freaked out in that movie. Great movie. Great movie. Uh, fun fact, fluoride done. Science, actually, what do you got for us today? Uh, this episode, our fluorine episode is going to air on October 8th. So happy October 8th birthday to Robert Rowe Gilruth, who was a engineer for Mercury and Gemini and Apollo missions. And he even developed the X1 plane that first broke the sound barrier. Oh, wow. And happy astronaut birthday to Janice E. Voss who is a veteran of five shuttle flights. She's from my one... town. She is? Oh, yeah. you go, tell her, go tell her happy birthday and ask her what no, it was like to dock anymore, with Mir. Yeah. Oh, well, then you could have done that. And also, <laughs> happy birthday to Carlos Noriega, who flew on two shuttle missions, and he also docked with Mir. And fun trivia fact, he is the only astronaut from Peru. Ooh. Well, he's a Peruvian American and a lieutenant colonel in the United States Marine Corps, and from there became an astronaut. But he's the only guy who's ever been to space who was born in Peru. Wow. Interesting. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, Janice Voss died not too terribly long ago, but uh, she has a special exhibit in our kids' museum. Um and her family donated her spacesuit and stuff in that exhibit. And then all her mission patches oh, are wow. on the wall and stuff like that. And yeah, you can design your own patch. So I was like, mm-hmm. I was just really excited. I knew that. <laughs> oh, right on. All right. Uh, but so myths in space, or I guess conspiracies in space seem to be, I don't know. It's like there there are certain things that just they don't go away. And I don't know if you guys have the same frustration sometimes that I have when you're watching like a, a live stream of a launch or oh, say it's like a Falcon rocket landing. And right as it's about to touch down, it goes cut, 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 it cuts out for a second. And then suddenly it's there on the on the on the ship. And you're like, ah, this is how it keeps the, the, the rumors perpetuating. I feel that it it. It's like there's not enough, I don't know, not enough uh, people who are first-handedly seeing these things that these right. pers- these like these these myths just keep persisting. And I have a list from space.com of the top 25 space conspiracies. And I am dead serious. I don't know if we're even going to get through the first 10 because oh. these are like the doozies of oh, space conspiracies. God. And they're... Um, heartbreaking almost in their own way so we're gonna talk organized? about that uh, I, I think this is a very subjective organization by the author of like which ones are the worst like worst to least worst Ooh, um okay so but we're gonna go through the list from one down because some of them like let me just kind of pull like Ma- number number eight is mm-hmm. um 
that one of the moons of Saturn, Iapetus, is an alien death star. You know, so like oh. I, I kind of feel like um, as we go down, they're going to get a little more obscure. So I kind of want to start with the big ones because people are going to understand it a little bit more than maybe some of the, <laughs> the random ones as we get down to 25. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite quotes by Carl Sagan is that the scientific method, much like democracy, is not perfect, but it is one of the best systems that we have. And so I, like I truly believe in the the method of the scientific process of, of disproving itself. And so we're going to look at some of these big conspiracies that um, we're going to have fun with this one. <laughs> <laughs> I also have a friend who might be listening to this, sh this show, Steve, who does a lot of um, sidewalk astronomy with me. And he has been getting, oh yeah. Are you talking about Benjamin also and his hate? That's right. So we got, we got some people who are getting a lot of hate here. We've got a lot of hate. Wow. Got a lot of hate. Yeah, oh, that's Benjamin. right. People hate him. Oh, no. Thanks. Okay. So, well, first of all, to Steve, he posts pictures of like Jupiter and Saturn and people are literally attacking him and telling him he is a uh, part of a cover up from NASA. Like he's like, employed by NASA to help cover up. And, and then Benjamin yeah. has also gotten a little bit of flack on some of his pictures that he's been posting lately. Oh, yeah. If you are a science communicator or a sidecomer for short, uh, no matter what you post... There's someone out there. Let's just call them a wackadoo. There's a wackadoo out there <laughs> who thinks that you are helping NASA, a massive international spy agency. Uh, you're helping mm -hmm. them cover up the truth. And mm -hmm. what is the truth? No one will tell you because it's a secret, but somehow they know. And uh, <laughs> you're just promoting some weird... Uh, anti-science aliens are real narrative thing so every oh, time i post something there. every time i post something it's uh, why are we wasting money on this we should be feeding people building schools and you're just working for nasa the giant spy agency right like, wow I'm, you're completely involved there's two <laughs> things to totally unpack in that in that context right? too honestly <laughs> like i mean we could do a whole episode on why space exploration matters, and we're not going to do that this episode. We'll do that yep. another one. This one is about how NASA is not a spy agency <laughs> for the most part. And so, like, you know, um, yeah, that, thank you for bringing that up. Sorry, my, my brain, obviously, I call myself Space Case Sarah for a reason. But uh, I guess we should probably segue into our first break, and then we will come back and we will we will hit this list of the top twenty five space conspiracies. Yes, I am Space Case Sarah twenty two on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all the social medias. Gentlemen, fun fact. Oh, yeah, at Fun Fact Science on all of the good procrastination <laughs> apps: TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, Tumblr, YouTube, LinkedIn. Wow. <laughs> well, I too have a science actually page on LinkedIn, so la di da. And uh, you can find me on Science Actually or Actually Science on Facebook and on TikTok and on Instagram. And that's it. Yeah. You know, and this reminds me of one of your comments. You really should sack your writer for, uh, for your <laughs> that page. That guy's a Muppet. <laughs> You should just, you should just sack him because I don't know who's doing your writing, but he, yeah, he knows nothing. To so. be fair, the people that complain also have beautiful vocabularies, and I love that I was called a muppet today. <laughs> I love that I was asked to be sacked. 
It's a very Monty Python-ish type of complaint. It so, was, yeah. So I took my hat to you, Mr. Uh, NASA is a spy agency guy. Well this done. was one of the uh, comments to our listeners, by the way, that he got on one of his uh, one of his meme pictures. Someone was like, you need to sack your brothers. That guy's a Muppet. And I, oh, I was so close to being like, all right, Benjamin, you got to fire yourself now. Like, <laughs> like, I was just like where's this team of writers? <laughs> I was just picturing, like, yeah, like a single writer in a back room somewhere in Benjamin's house. And it's like literally Kermit the Frog saying, I don't think that was very nice. Like, <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Monty Python. Just, there just like throws all his papers in the air. I'm done. <laughs> Come on, Miss Piggy, we're going. <laughs> All right, well, you're listening to the Space Case Show with me, Space Nerds, and that is an understatement. Benjamin and Coffee here on iRock Space Radio. <laughs> And welcome back to the Space Keys Sarah show with uh, Kermit the Frog and Space Nerds, Kavi and Benjamin. Uh, today really we're talking that. about fluorine and some of the conspiracies that people tend to associate with the space industry. Uh, wow. Oh well, you know what's going to be the visual promo for this episode. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I'll do that later. In fact, off camera. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome back. We're going to talk about space conspiracies, and I think Kavi is like um, committed now to doing it in Kermit the Frog voice the whole time. That oh, was... No, I'm not Kermit. I'm just the Muppet who writes for space, actually. <laughs> so, if you uh, did not catch our first segment, we're a little bit inspired by some hate mail, if you will, hate comments that science actually has been getting recently, and Kavi very uh, astutely was like, man, aren't people always so nice on the internet? No. You know, keyboard warriors, they're a thing. And in the space industry, you know, go to any live stream of NASA and you will be shocked at how many, like, that's a fake image, watch it cut out, blah, 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 things like that that are just yep. flooding the, the chats. It's like, I have this suspicion that probably none of them are employed and that's all they have to do is just sit around and critique NASA. So let's hit, let's hit it. Let's hit the list. 25 space conspiracies that just won't go away. And the number one listed, and I would agree, is that the Apollo moon landings were faked. And, the, I, you know, this is the reasoning is... You know, people go, oh, you can't see any stars in the background. Mm-hmm. That the the way that the light is reflecting on the moon versus the astronaut's shadow is like inaccurate. And then kind of famously, the third is that the flag looks like it's waving. Um, do uh, any of you know the reasons for the <laughs> why these are the way that they are? Sure. Um First, the stars. Yeah. Um, First of all, justice for actually science right now. Like, this is this is your moment. Yeah. Redemption. Punching let's, back. Let's start, let's start with the stars. Um, if you go outside at night tonight and you look at the stars, they're going to be beautiful. If someone shines a flashlight in your eye while you're looking at the stars or even nearby, you're not going to see the stars anymore. You're going to see the much closer, brighter light. Similar is uh, the similar effect happened with the... Uh, 
TV cameras that we had in the picture in the pictures we took on uh, the cameras we took on the moon, um, stars are very faint. And something that was much closer to the camera and much, 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 much brighter was the moon, uh, the lander, the bright white outfits of the astronauts themselves. They reflect enough light, not a blinding amount of light, but enough light to kind of diffuse the background stars is why you couldn't see them. And the moon, the flag wasn't waving. The flag was just kind of hanging. And if you position it in such a way, it's just going to stay there. <laughs> right. I actually, I read too that the, the, um, they had metal rods sewn in them to appear that, you know, to appear the motion or the, yeah, the, the, sorry to use the word erectness of the flag. Cause otherwise it just would have hung yeah, down. <laughs> sorry. Um, cause otherwise it just would have hung down and it wouldn't have been a very phonogenic picture. <laughs> so, cause there is gravity on the moon. So there's enough obviously for astronauts to stand and hold them mm-hmm. down. So they're, Yes. that would have easily pulled down the flag and um yeah the 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 fact that this constantly persists is so comical to me because we have mirrors on the moon that they use to measure the distance between the earth and the moon with lasers they bounce light off of the mirrors so mm-hmm. uh, i i guess unless aliens left those mirrors there i would really love to understand how those got up there the 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 mental gymnastics that are associated with these sort of conspiracies kind of like you know they'll 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 say reasons abc of you know why we didn't go to the moon then you'll say something like that right where like there's clear evidence that now somebody has been and then they'll basically like shift the goalpost and say well okay so they put that there later but they didn't go then and it's like Dude, right. come on. <laughs> well, and speaking of mental gymnastics, I I love the meme that always is floating around that's like, clearly anyone who thinks that like these conspiracy theories at this level can be kept a secret by so many people have not worked on a group project. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, there's, there's math there. There's actually, there was a paper that was put out a few years ago where basically um, they looked uh, in terms of like ma- mathematically what it looks like, how long a secret uh, can be kept as a function of how many people are involved in the secret. And and basically that time period goes to like zero when you have a group of more than, uh, I think it was 25 people, right? So like if you have two people working on something, they have to keep a secret, like maybe they can keep it for a few years or until, you know, until the day they die. You have, you know, 10 people, maybe it'll last for a few years. But when you have thousands of people across different continents and decades mm-hmm. working on a project <laughs> right no just Math like doesn't lie not to mathematically mention the, i think it was nearly a million spectators who went to every single apollo launch and literally with their own oh. eyes watched it go up and then not come back down <laughs> because right. it was in space no, they're just yeah, hiding they're like, behind well, the clouds. How many hundreds of pounds of moon rocks that they were brought back and delivered to universities and laboratories all around the world that were right. being studied independently of each other. And they all come to the same conclusion that this did not come from Earth. How did so, that happen? That's a heck of a that's a heck of a prop. It is. <laughs> and that's a really good segue into their second what is one of the biggest conspiracies and I, I think Ooh. it ties in well is that Moon NASA cheese, itself Moon is cheese. a lie. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, no, that that the whole thing is CGI. Everything is just stages and puppetry, muppetry, <laughs> puppetry, and that the whole entire thing is faked. Which even to the uh, credit of the author of this article, like they don't even know how to really address that. They're like, just go, like go, go, go to go to Kennedy. You know, like go go to a rocket launch. I, I don't even know how how that. I don't know. I sometimes, right. You just, there is nothing you can say and you just have to walk away. And that is something that I encourage. uh, Also again, shout out to Steve. I'm like, Steve, just walk away. Like don't even, don't even engage this. I I think something, something that I want to relate back to that wonderful Carl Sagan quote that you mentioned before in terms of, you know, the scientific method being the the best method that we have, even if it's imperfect at times um, is the idea of, uh, of Russell's teapot. I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with it. Hmm, no. So um, British, I think, yeah, British philosopher Bertrand Russell had this idea of, you know, uh, if, if somebody was to come up and claim to you that there is a teapot that is orbiting the sun between the orbits of Earth and the orbits of Mars, the burden of proof to make, you know, if you're making such a ridiculous claim, the burden of proof is, is on you to make this claim, right? Like if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, talk shit, bring receipts, but the thing is, um, the, the, the thing is, is that when it comes to NASA and when it comes to like the incredible work that the space industry, the, you know, and astronomers and astrophysicists have been doing for the better part of a century, we have the receipts, we have the math, <laughs> we have the physics, we have every possible element from the scientific method to back up that the things we're saying we're seeing and measuring are indeed the real things that we're seeing measuring. But the conspiracy conspiracy theorists who say, oh, no, it's just a spy agency or no, it's just CGI. It's just a feeling that they have. And they're making this claim that, you know, tens of thousands of people across decades are all lying and everything is faked. But it's just like a feeling they have. They don't actually have any substantial proof to back up their ridiculous claim. So as far as I'm concerned, they're all a bunch of teapots. <laughs> well, there we go. Nicely uh, Nicely teapots. Put. Teapots. Well, burden of proof. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen uh, this documentary called Beyond the Curve, but the next on our list is that the Earth is flat and Beyond the Curve uh-huh. is phenomenal if you have not seen this documentary because they, um, I mean, they go about the scientific method wrong, but they are trying to prove that the Earth is flat by performing experiments throughout the documentary. <sighs> Unbelievably. These seem to not work. And uh, that's even how it ends is that they, they're trying to shoot a laser straight out over, you know, the, the water to go through two very precise holes that, you know, if a laser is going straight and if the earth is flat, it would go straight and it doesn't line up. And oh my God. Right. And that's when it cuts out. I do believe I've done some research on these people too. They still are very adamant flat earthers. So again, you know, it, it's very confirmation bias. They just they nothing mm-hmm. will nothing will disprove or change their belief system because nothing That's is enough. My favorite thing about flat earthers, my absolute <laughs> favorite thing about them. I even have my notes here, my list of conspiracy notes. One says flat earth says don't waste <laughs> your breath on it. <laughs> but so to to their credit sort of, and much to my amusement, is they try to use science to prove that the earth is flat. Yeah. And the problem and, 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 and they beautifully prove that the earth is round time and time and time again. And that's when their brick wall goes up that something's wrong. 
with the machines uh-huh. or the or, or or the or the systems they're using. My favorite example is a guy brought a level with him on a flight around to the other side of the world on a cross uh, ocean flight, and he has his level on his little drink tray in front of him, and he's recording it. And his complaint is, "I've been flying for hours, and the level is still level." surely i should have curved over by now and the bubble would have moved and i love that he did an experiment i love 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 it but what's entertaining is that the level is being perfectly level <laughs> it's turning with him as he's going we, over right. around the earth and it's right. we need a gofundme we need a gofundme <laughs> and we need to we need to raise money no, like, like this, this, this is going to be the charity. This is going to be like the way that I give back to the earth. I will raise money to send flat earthers to space. Yes, it's right. the overview effect. Let them go up. Hundred percent. Let them see. Oh. Right. <laughs> Make them go oh, up there. Back. Right. <laughs> well, and I, you know what, I, I guess I have to give you credit in saying that at least to their credit, they do try because. Um, compared to say like young earth creationists who get backed up into a wall so quickly where they just have to go, well, that's just the way it was made, you know, and that's to me the greatest escape out of jail card Mm -hmm. you could ever throw. Uh, At least. Yeah, I I do. I do agree. That is admirable on their part. Still silly, but, (laughs) but admirable. Um, Next on the list. Go ahead. I was, I was just going to say like science isn't always intuitive. It doesn't always have to make sense to us. And so the fact that they're doing experiments that either are faulty in like the way that they're set out or they don't know how to interpret the results properly, like that's not, they're trying. But like, I think it's important to look at what the experts are doing because people who spend, you know, a decade learning how to do science will be better at doing science than somebody who, you know, is sitting in their mom's basement and posting mean comments to Benjamin's Facebook. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry, Benjamin. It's okay. The Muppet uh, can't hurt you. Yeah, who's the Muppet writer? I mean, who's the who are the Muppets running the show too? Uh, next on the list is that Planet Nine will kill us, oh, and I. I love Planet Nine. <laughs> I want you guys to take this one because you both just gave the best facial reactions. <laughs> I have read a. A couple articles that have on space.com and I believe even NASA.gov that that a theory for a possible planet nine just because of that little gravitational nudge that's like barely measurable out there. Um, a theory was uh, a baseball sized black hole. You can't see it, but it's teeny tiny and it's a black hole. <clears throat> I love it. I love that theory, but I don't think it's feasible. Because I think the black hole has to be more massive than that. It would it would surely fizzle out, I would assume. But I don't know. I'll leave that one to Kavi. I okay. So I have I have a few things to say about this whole Planet Nine thing. <laughs> I mean, we can start from the fact that like I think um, the 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 Wikipedia page, which is flagged as being like conspiratorial and not backed up for Planet Nine, I, I think for the longest time it had. A picture of Planet Nine there, but it was a picture of a of a red giant star, not a planet. So that's just firstly. Secondly, <laughs> out of the orbit of Pluto, um, and this is one of the reasons why Pluto was declassified as a planet, 
there are a lot of dwarf planets. There are a lot of rocky objects. There are things out there that are small rocky things. Now, it is true that uh, astronomers are looking for other you know, objects that could be of that size. And there might be something out there, something Pluto-sized or, or smaller or around that. However, the, the idea of there being something that is more gravita- gravitationally dominant than Pluto, especially at the level of a black hole, is something that is very fringe scientifically because there is just, there's a lot of proof. All of the proof points in the other direction, right? Whenever we uh, discovered, I think all of the, the planets passed uh, uh, Saturn and Jupiter were all discovered as a result of uh, gravitational uh, tugging that was happening, mm-hmm. right? Where like the planets are orbiting around the sun. And then if one isn't orbiting the way that it would, if it was only being pulled in by the sun, they realize, oh, there must be something pulling it from the other side, right? And so that's how they found out that the, you know, the outer ice giants were there. So if you had a black hole in the outer part of our solar system, we would notice it, we would see its effects. If it was a very small black hole, which is not super likely that it's there, it would be weird that it happened to have formed there. If it's a baseball-sized black hole, I mean, it's it's kind of like this... It's Occam's razor would be the best way to put it. Mm. Occam's razor suggests that that the simplest solution is often, like, the correct solution. So, yes, there are all of these, like, what's called a a fine-tuning problem. Uh, in physics, where, where basically if you look and set the details of how something might have potentially maybe happened, it could be maybe hypothetically possible. But realistically, all signs point away from that. Well, there you have it. Um, I think this <laughs> the is the one over. that you guys got like the most excited about too. So <laughs> Sorry. Um, Planet Nine, boo-boo. Uh, we're going to take a break. <laughs> And like I said, I don't even think we're going to get off this first page of the uh, the list here because they're so, uh, I don't want to say inflammatory because that seems like a very negative word, but they are. They're so like, oh my God. And then we just have to delve into them. So we'll get back to this list when we return. You are listening to the Space K Sarah Show with the Space Nerds, Kavi and Benjamin here on iRock Space Radio. Welcome back to what we hope is an, a real radio station and a real radio show here, uh, the Space Case Sarah Show on iRock Space Radio. But who knows? We might be, this might all just be a great big conspiracy. Somehow we have hacked into your phone and on yes. your uh, streaming waves of iHeartRadio and we figured out a way to convince you that somehow we are legitimate radio hosts on a station. But really. But secretly well, we're all just Muppets. <laughs> we're all just sitting in our homes recording wait or that's actually real <laughs> <laughs> no but we we are we are real and we are we are talking to you today about things that aren't real and cue the um x-files theme music because that's next on our list is that oh. alien research is happening oh. At Area 51. 51. And I, I mean, we can't get into conspiracies in a conspiracy theory without aliens somewhere. And Area 51, oh, oh it's a good one. That is a good yeah. one. I, Better I than feel Area like, 50. Not as good as Area Yeah, 52. but I mean, yeah. I mean, much less 52. God, who, who cares Ugh. about that? Kavi looks less than amused than I, I just, am. I'm just <laughs> thinking about this, this, this whole, like, um, 
what was it? I think it was a Facebook event with hundreds of thousands of people registered. Yes, we're going to storm Area 51. Yeah, yeah. we're going to storm Area 51. Like they can't, they can't, you know, keep all of us out. It's like, yes, they can. It's a oh, military yes, base. Like, like this, this idea of like, oh, military bases are keeping secrets. Yes, that's a thing. That's what militaries yeah. do. Like, uh, it just, it just bugs me to no end and to think that like, an individual citizen should be entitled to every piece of information that every part of the military is working on, even if mm-hmm. other parts of the military don't work on it. Like it's, you know, it would be nice if everybody knew everything, but that's just not how the world works. It's not how it works. It's also no. not a, a good way for it to work either because, right. uh, um, you know, if, if every government secret was let loose, I don't, there's, there's a whole thing of ethics on this oh my god yeah i don't know it, it's just it's it's a it's a i think it's rightly so still a little bit of a controversial interesting area because it's still classified it's still a classified area which is that, fine it's fine right. yeah. militaries <laughs> have classified their, areas every right. government has their place where they need to try new things and they need room to do it and luckily right. we have nevada where Which is fine. And it kind of goes back to your Arkham's Razor comment too and stuff like that, that, you know, it's probably, it's just, they're probably, they're just testing military stuff. It's, there's no aliens there, but we love to make up cool stuff there. I'm sure it's amazing what they have there. And in time they'll, when it's ready to be used, we'll learn about it. I'm sure I'm putting a little faith in the government here. I, I, if there are aliens there, which I kind of doubt, uh, I'm certain word would have gotten out by now. When was it created? In the 40s, 50s? 50s area 51? Yeah. In, in, in over half a century? <laughs> Not one little thing got out. <laughs> Not one little alien gill or flipper. <laughs> Nothing. Well, Nothing. Alf, Alf got out. Alf got out. And did he have gills also- or flippers? No. Also, wasn't he, wasn't he a a Muppet? Wasn't he made by Jim Henson? And his name was Gordon Shumway. (laughs) You can't, you can't prove that. (laughs) Okay. So moving on from, from the aliens, um, one, so there's this like three different things that popped up on this list and I'm going to clump it into one. And basically it's that there are interesting things captured by the rovers and by the Mars reconnaissance, you know, satellite that look like faces or pyramids or things like that that's like there's like three different instances of that on this list that you know i'm looking at this one right here that who took this let's see that there was like a female figure sitting on a rock um and uh yeah that the the most recent one was Perseverance, and wasn't wasn't it a pyramid or a box, something like that? That people were like, "Oh it was my a perfect God, look square at that geometric thing. Like that. Huh? <sighs> it was like a perfect square, a perfect square yeah. box or something like that. Yeah. Which it wasn't. Oh, and the door. Just... And the door. Oh, the door. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> have you have you so, guys heard of para, Paradolia? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. Yes. Paradolia. That's right? that's what I was gonna bring up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. I that's that's exactly what it is. We like we like to see things and things. It's the same phenomenon of seeing shapes in the clouds. Um, it's, it's kind of yeah. The, this pattern recognition is something that evolutionarily was was developed, and it's something that humans are particularly good at. But the problem is, is that we're particularly good at recognizing patterns, even when patterns are not there. 
Um, in fact, oh, there was this movie, and I'm now blanking on what it was called, but it was this like black and white movie about a mathematician who goes insane thinking that um, there was this like pattern about the universe tied a beautiful way. No, 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 not that was one. That black and white? He said it was black and white. Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Beautiful Mind, which is a great movie about John Nash and game theory and, and John Nash, you know, um, having uh, schizophrenic episodes, uh, paranoid schizophrenia and believing that he was working for a conspiratorial government agency. No, this is something different. It's like some mathematician who thinks that, you know, the way that the pigeons are flying and whatever is like tied into this like giant pattern in the universe. But alas, there's a, <laughs> that's a very nice phone case, Benjamin actually um but but yeah like they're we're really good as humans at recognizing patterns but the patterns aren't always necessarily real so like right you know as you were saying in clouds or constellations it's just like yeah that looks like a person maybe but also it's a collection of random stars at different distances doing different right. things and and we like to apply meaning to things and like mm -hmm. um we do that with what seems like a coincidence and circumstantial things, this happened and this happened and then this happened and our brains are like, oh, well, they're all connected. It has to be that way when really it's not. And I've actually spoken about this in the past on this station about this phenomenon because from, for me, um, what just happened? You guys switched places. Uh, for me- just disappeared for a second and gave me the whim. <laughs> the- the, the beauty of evolutionary biology and understanding it and studying it is that it can make sense of so many idiosyncrasies of ourself. Like, you know, the, the seeing patterns and pattern recognition, well, that was very useful for understanding if there was a threat to your life and limb or if it was just the breeze moving the branches or something like that. And so... Once for me, at least once I understood that sometimes a lot of my anxieties and my stresses and, and thinking something is going to go wrong is just my brain doing what it evolved to do and to keep myself safe has made a world of a difference for me mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and dealing with, yeah, finding it can be as simple as you hear a little noise in your car and your brain is like, oh, that's it. That's it. The engine's going to fall out. We're going to die. Right. There's like a perfect... There's a calibration point there that is healthy, right? So like with the example of a predator that's, you know, coming through the bushes. And so our ancestors, um, you know, there were some of them who were like really laid back and, you know, didn't bother checking what that noise coming from the bushes were. And many of them got eaten. And, and those people aren't our ancestors. And there were some people who were like over paranoid and, you know, it affected the way that they were able to sleep or hunt or live and that over-paranoia, you know, meant that their genes also weren't passed down. And so it's this kind of sweet spot, this calibration point where it's like the right amount of, of pattern recognition, the right amount of, of, you know, should I be worried about this, that yeah. helps you lead a healthy life and worry <laughs> the right amount about things, but also know when to dismiss things. Sure. I don't know if I've struck that balance perfectly yet, but... <laughs> I, I definitely haven't. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we're kind of running out of time and <clears throat> I flipped through the whole list and I picked their last one. And I don't think it's surprising that this is the last on the list. Cause I think they saved the, the most mm, message worthy one for the end. <laughs> and the last 
one in this list of 25 is that climate change isn't real. Oh. Yeah, this is right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I think that was done intentionally. Um, uh, and climate change is real. It is real. It's real in two different ways. It is actually, you know, when you look at models and maps, like, again, the scientific method is not perfect, but it's a really good tool. And when you look at our data tracking pre, you know, industrial revolution, mm-hmm. through core sampling, which is very near and dear to my heart, you mm-hmm. do see waves of climate change. They're, but they're not anything like that that you nope. hit once the industrial revolution starts and unless scientists are blatantly faking it akin to like the earth being flat or the moon landings were faked that is smack you in the face data i i think yeah it's not just that it's like clear evidence of the changes that we're seeing now it's that people have been consistently modeling the effects of you know what it can't be so i just uh, shared in our in our group chat a a video that i made uh, or a sonification that i made where you can basically look at the changes in the sun's uh, brightness and temperature that you know indirectly that we're getting from the sun i remember you making that yeah because like people love to say oh no it's not climate change it's just you know the sun going through a regular cycle and that's what's making the you know the temperature differences and so in that sonification that I made, I've actually like turned into sound the data of the sun, which goes up and down over time. Mm-hmm. And also the data of the global temperature averages offset, you know, compared to the, the average temperature of the past century, how much is each mm-hmm. year offset from that. And while the sun is going, you know, mm-hmm. the, the temperature average is going and just exploding. <laughs> and right. and there, there, there are people who... Listen, I, I happen to know uh, an astrophysicist, actually, who is working on probably one of the few scientists who are actually working on research into climate change that isn't specifically focused on the human effect. And he's looking into, like, you know, the effects of the, the movement of the, the planet and the solar system through the galaxy and cosmic radiation and blah, blah, blah. But even with his research, it's an additional effect in addition to the stuff that we're doing. Mm-hmm that in either case is contributing to very clear changes in climate, uh, you know, pushing yes. both the hots and the colds to the extremes. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very I love that I love that you pointed that out though, because again, in combating, you know, bad science communication, it is important to point out though, that there is, there are natural causes for climate change as well. And that we are just, we're just adding to that. We're making it much, much worse. And also something that I should mention as being someone who is going on the Joydees resolution and we do core drilling, our cores go back in time much further than the ice can. And so something that they are very interested in studying in terms of climate change is it's actually quite remarkable how well the planet is holding on considering based on what we've, what we've been doing. And so they're very interested in seeing like, history and what are the thresholds and how how like they're trying to build that really big picture of like well it is actually quite impressive how well the atmosphere has been doing and and our influence like you know we had the hole in the ozone layer 
and we were able to understand the cause of that and mitigate that. Right. And so Joides is very interested in, okay, well, we, we, they're not, they're not super doomsday. You know what I mean? I think that that's like a really important step in the message of climate Mm -hmm. science is that it's not, it, it's, you know, we're heading in a bad direction, but there's still things we can do. We can still do stuff. And that the, the, the intricacy of it all is not just as black and white as buy an electric car problem solved. Like that's not, that's, that's, that's not, that's not how it works. Like, I'm sorry. That's not how it works. So uh, thank you for bringing that up though. Cause I, I do um, climate science is something that to me, I, I'm not super interested in becoming uh, a communicator strongly in that field, but, but doing core research is it's definitely on my radar a lot more than it has been in the past. So I like to make sure that I'm not, you know, I think all, we also as science communicators have a responsibility just like combating the fake conspiracy news kind of science things. We have to make sure that we're doing a really good job in making sure that we are presenting information balanced and fair and not inflammatory in the same way. Just like the flat earthers who are just like, no, it's not, blah, 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 blah. right. We, we should not be doing that either. We need to be making sure that we're presenting our information, level-headed, evidence-backed, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, Benjamin, did you have any thoughts on climate science before we have to wrap this up? Uh, just that it is climate change is a natural phenomenon. It happens slowly over very long periods of time. And I, and uh, I am a member of the species that is accelerating it to ridiculous <laughs> record temperatures and weather patterns. And I do believe that uh, we can uh, help it. Yes. Which we could do a whole episode on this too, mm-hmm. because I'm saying like electric sure. vehicles aren't the fix, but um, I don't know if you've ever watched Adam ruins everything. He is one of my favorite shows of I've all time. It. And he has one on like the, you know, the climate, or like green, clean energy. And he kind of dispels a lot of myths. And one of the things is that the car industry is not at a place right now where it, the, the creation of said car does not offset the impact based on how often people buy cars. So when you just look at that, that statistical data right now, it's not, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really outweigh the, the, the environmental impact of building the car and then people like to, you know, especially if you're buying a car that's that expensive, they tend to want to buy new cars as the new models mm. come out. So it's that, that that's sort of the point he made in that. I love I love that we ended up on this point uh, at the end of the fluorine episode because uh, the ozone hole that you were talking about, which happened yeah. to have you know mostly been around above Australia, uh, but mm. is closing up, was created by CFCs by. Yeah. chlorofluorocarbons oh my uh, gosh it was nice no it was it was caused directly by the uh hairspray hairdos of the 80s <laughs> like let's just <laughs> actually call out the problem here it was your terrible taste in hairstyles you people in the no. 80s if you have to be listening that's right, blaming them anyway yeah that's we gotta nice. we gotta wrap this up we have hit well over our 15 minute mark you're listening to the Space K Sarah Show. We talked about conspiracy theories and only got through about six. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we are here on IROC Space Radio. You can always go check out information about who we are 
on the irock space radio page we have our little biographies on the website page and there are other shows to listen to you can follow us on social media we kind of spew it all the time so we're going to skip that for the sake of time right now but yes thank you so much for tuning in and if um if you happen to be on some of our web pages social media sites and you see the trolls you know you can chime in don't don't feed them but we don't mind a little bit of backup here and there yeah don't (laughs) feed the trolls but you know you can also throw your little hat in the ring and combat the the people accusing us as muppets although probably might actually be one so i like that one no i'm not (laughs) you have been listening to the space case sarah show here on irock space radio You've been listening to the Space Case Sarah Show with the Space Nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, a production of iRock Space Radio. Go to iRockSpaceRadio.com for more.